Splinters and logs, pigs and dogs. What do those have in common? Well, these are all analogies that Jesus used in our passage this morning. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount every Sunday morning, verse by verse, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Greatest sermon that was ever preached. And so every Sunday morning, we're looking verse by verse at this passage, and Jesus addressed some controversial topics so far in this sermon. But he also addressed topics 2,000 years ago that are hot-button topics today. There is no way I could sit down today and write a sermon that 2,000 years from now would be just as applicable as it is today. I, I couldn't do that, but, but Jesus could. And so the topics he talked about are really topics for us today. Uh, uh, attitude, influence, anger. Lack of forgiveness, lusting after another person, divorce, truthfulness, loving your enemies, helping the poor, prayer, materialism. And last Sunday morning we looked at anxiety. It's, it's an epidemic in our culture. He talked about anxiety and worry. And today's topic is probably the foremost hot-button topic in our culture today, Jesus addressed it 2,000 years ago. The topic is judging. Read with me verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye... But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now this passage this morning is one of the most misunderstood passages in all the Bible. And one of the most misapplied. There are some preconceived notions about Matthew chapter 7 verse 1. Our modern culture loves Matthew 7-1. In fact, it is currently the most quoted verse in all the Bible in America. Did you know that? It has now overtaken John 3-16 as the most quoted passage in all the Bible. You can't judge me! Matthew 7-1. Don't judge! Jesus said don't judge! Don't judge! You can't judge me. Love, Matthew 7, 1. And the reason that is so popular today is because they think Jesus was teaching that we can never make a moral judgment about anybody. 
whether something's right, whether something's wrong, whether an action is a sin, whether a belief is wrong. They think, Jesus was saying, you can never make a judgment call on anybody about what they believe or how they live, what their life's like, their lifestyle. So they love it because they think that's what Jesus is saying. This verse is used to justify unbiblical beliefs and unbiblical lifestyles. So they love Matthew 7, 1. They think we're wrong for saying something's a sin. Or what they believe or how they live is wrong. So that's why it's such an immensely popular verse. Now, the word judge has become a dirty word in our culture. Judge, don't judge me. You can, you can curse God's name, but don't use the word judge. Well, you, you don't need to be cheating on that test. Don't judge me. You don't need to be cheating on your spouse. Don't judge me. You don't need to be drinking and taking drugs. You can't judge me. Jesus said don't judge. You need to be attending church. You can't judge me. You don't need to be living together outside the bonds of marriage. You can't judge. The Bible says don't judge. You can't judge me. You don't need to be involved in homosexual lifestyle. You can't judge. You don't need to change your gender. You can't judge me. Over and over and over. So the buzzwords in our world, tolerance and love, and kindness and coexist. But if you call actions sinful or wrong, then you're intolerant, you're hateful, and you're a bigot. College professors are now saying that they can't discuss topics in classrooms anymore because, because students don't want to take one side or the other on any issues and be seen as judgmental. So they, they, don't, they can't discuss a lot of the topics they used to discuss years ago. Divide the class up, you argue for this side and you argue for this side. No student wants to be divided and say, I don't want to be judgmental. You can't judge me. Is that what this is teaching? Is that what Jesus was saying? A while back, a basketball coach got kicked out of a basketball game for arguing with a referee and just went crazy, ballistic, and so they tossed him from the game. In the post-game press conference, some, a reporter asked him about it. And his response was, well, I'm no biblical scholar, but I believe the good book says don't judge anybody, so you don't need to ask that question. He's right. He's no biblical scholar. <laughs> Is that what Jesus taught? Psychology Today magazine, October of 2021. An article that says, never judge another person about anything, motives, actions, beliefs, that's harmful to them. We must extend kindness, be loving, 
do not judge in any form. Does the Bible teach that? Tupac, the rapper, song, only God can judge me. Of course, the song's expletive-filled. Television miniseries, really popular, entitled, Don't Judge Me. A while back, there was a Christian writer. She spoke out against another Christian writer who affirmed homosexuality. And the first Christian writer, oh my goodness, she was inundated. You don't judge. Christians aren't to judge. Bible says don't judge. Jesus said don't judge. Who are you to judge? She was vilified. So, folks, the implication today is if you call any action wrong, that's unloving. It's unloving to judge. So the loving thing to do is say nothing. So I want us to look at the passage. I want us to see what it says, what it doesn't say. I warn you, it's not going to be very popular, but it is going to be biblical. Let's look carefully what Jesus said. First of all, number one, verses one through five, Jesus teaches us, do not judge hypocritically. Do not judge hypocritically. That's the key. Notice verse one. Judge not that you be not judged. Now, folks, judge is not a dirty word in the Bible. It's not. In fact, the word judge is in the Bible 460 times. It's not a dirty word. In fact, there is an entire book of the Bible called Judges. That's right. And what's Judges about? It's about where God set up a system where human beings judge other human beings. Did you get that? It's called an amphictyony. God had set up where judges judge other human beings. In the Bible. So the Bible never teaches you just as a blanket statement should never judge. And if you do, you're sinning or you're unloving. Look closely. Judge not that you be not judged. But don't stop there. Keep going. So many times our culture quotes this, they stop with verse 1. And if you do that, if you pull one verse out of context of any passage, you can make the Bible say anything you want to say. Let me try that. Let's see, Mark Hill's sitting over here. There is a... Uh, there's a, there, a passage in the Bible that uses the word Mark as a person's name. Okay, there's Mark. Okay, let's go to another passage where Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Okay, let's pull that verse out. There's another verse that says, um, when you've done it unto these, you know, the least of these you've done it unto me. And there's another verse that says, go thou and do likewise. So I'm going to put all these together and say that Mark Hill needs to buy me a fish dinner for lunch. <laughs> the Bible said it. There you go. The Bible said it. 
No, it didn't. I pull one verse out of all these passages and make it say anything I wanted to say. So when Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged, what does he say next? Verse 2. For the judgment with which you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Some theologians believe it's a reference back to the model prayer earlier in the, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus said, you will be forgiven the measure you forgive. And so some people say he goes now to judging and saying you will be judged by the measure you judge by. Maybe. But what he's doing here, all the way through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is juxtaposing false righteousness and true righteousness. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, and believers in the kingdom. And he's saying, believers, you are different. If you're a follower of Christ, you're different. You don't, you don't do like the false righteous people do. You don't give alms like the Pharisees. You don't fast like the Pharisees. You don't pray like the Pharisees. You don't judge like the Pharisees. Because they judge hypocritically. You judge differently. The Pharisees had one standard for themselves, another standard for everybody else. In fact, Jesus has already called them hypocrites on several occasions. We are not to judge with different standards. We're not to judge someone when we have an obvious plank in our life. That's a different standard for others. It doesn't mean you refrain from judging at all. We're not to judge hypocritically. Is all judging hypocritical? No. Now, notice verses 3 through 5. Jesus used a ridiculous statement. Some people say a comical statement. A ridiculous or comical statement to try to get a point across. He asked a question, why do you try to get a speck out of your brother's eye when you have a plank or a log in your eye? So, it's ludicrous, a speck being a tiny piece of material, a log or a plank being like a two-by-four. And so, picture somebody with this long two-by-four sticking out of their eye, going over to somebody going, Hey, I think you have, you have a little speck in your eye there. I'm going to help you get it out. And you have this long plank in yours. And it's, it's a ridiculous image. And that was the point. Ridiculous. It shows that sometimes we are much more tolerant of our own sins than we are the sins of others. And folks, at, to be fair, in church we can get that way. Those of us in church can become very judgmental whenever there's a plank in our eye. Some of us would never think of going and getting drunk or doing drugs, but we gossip. And some of us are critical of those people who don't come to church, but yet we have a critical spirit. And so Jesus is saying, remove the plank out of your own eye first. But I want you to notice verse 5 carefully. It's really important. 
Notice what he said in verse 5. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. Notice the next phrase. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So we are to judge. So we're speck removers. We are to judge. It says here, remove the speck. So why don't we hear Matthew 7, 5 quoted today rather than Matthew 7, 1? Because we do have the obligation to see a person with a speck and say, you've got a speck. Now, whenever we make moral judgments about beliefs and behavior, we are being speck removers. Get the log out first. But then you have the obligation to remove the other speck. To call sin, sin. To make moral judgments. To say there is a standard we're to live by. And if we don't live by it, it's a wrong belief or a wrong lifestyle. That's not judging. It's pointing out the speck. Now the word see clearly there, can see clearly to remove the speck, it's the exact same word diablepo that's used whenever the, the, the man that was blind in Bethsaida and Jesus touched his eyes and he said, do you see anything? He said, well, I see people that are kind of fuzzy. It's kind of like trees walking around. And then it, it got more clear and more clear and more clear until he had perfect sight. It's the exact same word, to see clearly again. So whenever we remove the, the log in ours, we can see clearly to see other lifestyles that are against what God's standard is. Is that judging? He didn't say it was. He said we're to do it. Actually, there are many times in the Bible, not just here, where we are told to judge. Did you know that? We're told to judge. Now, that's not real popular today, but it's true. One passage we're going to look at in three weeks, where Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. How do you know somebody by their fruits unless you make a moral judgment as to what's right and wrong? Are they living up to it? How do you judge fruit? We'll know them by their fruits. There's another passage, John 7, 24, that says, Do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgment. That's a command. We're commanded to judge. Not by appearances, but by right judgment. But nobody ever quotes John 7, 24, where we're commanded to judge. And then there's Matthew 18. Matthew 18, Jesus said, If your brother sins against you, go to your brother. If, you, if he hears you, you've gained a brother. If he doesn't hear you, take a second person back with you. If he doesn't hear you, bring him before the church. If he doesn't hear the church, he's not a member anymore. 
Well, there's a lot of judging going on there. How do you know if your brother sinned against you or not? You have to judge. You have to make a determination on what's right and wrong, and are they living up to that? We have to make those determinations. And then you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and this is interesting. There at the church in Corinth, there's something weird going on. One of the church members was having sex with his stepmom in Corinth, his father's wife. And so Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in chapter 5, and he says, y'all need to correct this situation. This is just wrong. Now, if he doesn't hear you, deliver him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Whoa, that's some judging going on. I can hear, I can hear him going, wait, 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 you can't judge me. Paul said, oh, yeah, we can. You're part of the body. But we don't hear that quoted. That doesn't sound very kind and tolerant, does it? The Bible never tells us, folks, to accept everybody's lifestyle, everybody's beliefs, be uncritical, approve everything, affirm everybody. It never says that. Let me give you a few more examples. The Apostle Paul, on several occasions, judged somebody, called them by name, and put their name in the Bible. Wow! It happened in, in 2 Timothy 4.10. Demas, he said, Demas has forsaken our team because he loved this world too much. Why, that's a judgment what happened he called him out and then second timothy 4 14 he said a man by the name of alexander who's a coppersmith has done me great harm you need to watch out for him well that's judging yeah he warned everybody watch out for alexander the coppersmith he'll do you harm And then Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, he told two ladies in the church, Yodia and Syntyche, y'all can't get along, quit arguing. Call them out. Colossians 4, 17, Archippus, he said, Archippus, you need to do better than you're doing. You need to fulfill your ministry. You're not doing very well. That's judging. Sure was. He called him out. In 1 Timothy 1, 19, two men, Hymenaeus and Alexander. And he said, both of these men have made shipwreck of their faith, and I've handed them over to Satan so they'll learn not to blaspheme. Whoo! That's judging! Sure was. Call them out. You see, the Bible never says, affirm everybody. Everybody's actions are wonderful. Just be who you are. Says that. It tells us to judge rightly, judge unhypocritically. Now go to the second statement, verse 6, number 2. 
Do not be naive. Do not be naive. Now, here's a strange verse. Let me read it to you. It's hard to understand. Do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. I, boy, that doesn't sound like anything we've been talking about, does it? It looks like the verse is out of place. I mean, he's talking about judging, and all of a sudden he uses this about dogs and pigs and holy, and what's he talking about? Well, remember now, don't pull it out of context and just interpret it. There are some people that interpret this verse by saying, Jesus is talking about your relationships, who you run with. Watch who you run with, because they don't always value what God values, and so watch your relationships. But he's not talking about relationships. Another common interpretation is talking about witnessing. Whenever you share your faith, be careful because people may not receive it and they're trampling something that's precious. He's not talking about witnessing. What's he talking about? Judging. So what's he saying? Most Bible scholars believe that Jesus, after warning about hypocritical judging, is now telling them, don't be naive either. Not everybody is concerned with what is good and righteous and holy. Sometimes people may say, you can't judge me, Matthew 7, 1. Not because they're really concerned about Matthew 7, 1 or God or what the Bible says, or what Jesus thought. They're concerned about themselves. Now, dogs that are used here, it's not the little domesticated, nice creatures that we buy for $1,500. It wasn't in, in those days. It wasn't like that. Dogs in these days were wild dogs. They were vicious dogs. We would know them as, as like coyotes. Wild, vicious that's the dog he was referring to. And whenever he talks about pigs here, it's not the little cute little, you know, the pot-bellied things, you know, that run around our houses. It was more the feral hogs that were mean and vicious and angry. So he's talking about dogs that are vicious and pigs that are vicious. And he's saying what you possess, truth, life change, new life in Jesus, is precious. But not everybody values what you value. Don't allow their devaluing of what is good, righteous, and holy keep you from valuing it. So a lot of people quote Matthew 7, 1, don't judge me. They're not doing so because they're really concerned about what God says, what the Bible says, or what's good and right. They're doing so in order to justify what they believe and the lifestyle they want to live and turn around five minutes later and attack the very truth of God. So you don't be naive. So be careful in judging. Don't judge hypocritically. Restore others in love. Don't just accept and affirm every ungodly belief and every unbiblical lifestyle. But don't be naive either as the motive to the motive of others. 
deal with others so they too can walk in freedom in Jesus, not in bondage. And I'm not certain there's any more appropriate topic for Jesus to address than that of judging. In the early 1900s, there was the world's foremost astronomer was a man by the name of Percival Lowell. In fact, if you go to Flagstaff, Arizona today, there is an observatory, observatory called the Lowell Observatory, named after him. He was in Flagstaff, and most of the time, he looked through a telescope and studied Mars, early 1900s. And Lowell was convinced that there are on, there on, on Mars canals of water that are running, which means there's life on Mars. He said they're red canals of water because it's a red planet. And he insisted there's water on Mars, there's life on Mars. I see, I see with my telescope the canals of water that are running, the red water. It's everywhere. Nobody believed him. And so today we've had space probes go to Mars, orbited Mars, landed on Mars. There are no flowing canals of water. And now it's believed what Lowell saw because he had a rare eye condition. He was looking at the bulging blood vessels in his eyes. And he thought he was seeing canals of flowing red water. It was his own eye blood vessels. There's a lesson there. Make sure you don't have something in your own eye that colors how you see other people. First, remove what's in your eye and then see clearly to remove the speck in someone else's. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for your word and thank you for what you teach us. And Father, help us to be loving but God, help us to stand with truth. God, help us to be non-judgmental and unhypocritical. Lord, help us to remove planks today. Things in our lives have been a problem sometimes for many years. And may we not judge others with those planks still there. So, Father, give us courage today to remove those. But, Father, once we do, I pray that you would help us to be true and faithful to set the standard of right and wrong, of what you've said, of truth, of Scripture, and stick with it. And, Father, would you help us to be the people you want us to be to draw others back to you? So may it start today with our own planks during this invitation time, in Jesus' name, amen.